1: Well, hello, Next real fans. Uh, We have gathered together to create something brand new. Uh, And at this point, even we aren't sure what bizarre shape this is going to take. Uh, Only one thing we know is it's going to be terrifying. We have uh, come together because all of us have a particular interest in horror movies and the horror genre however just saying the word horror movie uh encompasses a huge amount of of different areas and ideas and and things that that we like and what we don't what scares us and what doesn't so we're going to be sort of talking a little bit about that and then what uh it covers so uh i i'm a host, uh, but not necessarily the host. Uh, my name is Kyle. You'll find me on the Curiosity Codex pod- podcast and also the Cool Time Dice Hour. Um, uh, well, let's see. Uh, immediately to on the screen I see to my right uh, is the handsomest man in podcasting, Mr. Tommy Metz.
2: Hi, everybody. It's me. I've been here. And it is a pleasure to be a part of this horror experience, especially because we're the first ones to come up with the idea for a
3: horror. That's right. It's it's amazing. Search for horror podcasts and
2: nothing comes up. Right.
1: (laughs) All right. So then, uh, catty corner down from me uh, is the man with the second best beard on the podcast, (laughs) Mister Raigland.
3: Hello. This podcast is purely and simply evil. (laughs) (laughs)
1: and uh uh, holding the alice place uh for the (laughs) because what's more terrifying than uh, uh the white 70s family uh it's our own podcast impresario mr Pete Wright,
4: i don't know how to do this if i'm living by my motto hear no evil see no evil speak no evil i don't know how to do this podcast <laughs> that's your motto that's my motto
1: so okay. well, basically what we want to do is we wanted to talk about uh, the horror movies and horror genre and stuff too but all of us come from different perspectives and and have different things so we wanted to, let's 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 talk a little bit about sort of where we came to it so uh tommy Tell me about sort of when you first like the first horror movie, I guess, that made a huge
2: impression on you that went, oh, I want to see more of this. I remember the first horror movie that I saw that it made me want to see less of it, (laughs) which was it was not a horror movie. It was the first uh, VHS movie that my parents ever got. And they didn't know what it was. and It was shipped Down oh. and seeing rabbits kill each other <laughs> yes. and run from a fire. I was like, huh, well, this is a real pass. I don't remember. Unfortunately, I come a little unprepared. I don't remember when it started, but I can't remember a time when I wasn't interested in being scared, haunted houses, horror movies, stuff like that. Um, okay. As the people DMA. know. In in the DNA, and I think part of it might be uh, at risk of getting a little serious. Is you know, Pete and I co-host uh, "What's That Smell," a uh, funny podcast about anxiety. And I think maybe because I had a healthy amount of anxiety or fear in my life, seeing horror movies, doing scary things was a way of initiating a little bit of control. One of the reasons that they say that people like watching horror movies is because yeah. it lets you sort of rehearse or go through a scary situation in a safe space.
4: Um, and so.
2: And then at some point I stopped using it as control and just really got into the entire uh, genre. So I've wait minute, been. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! The... Wait a minute! I don't mean wait. to, I, I have to step oh, no. in here, Tom. You oh, haven't no.
4: told the complete story. Would you oh. please tell your childhood controversy antics. already? You have to. This is oh. this is a table setting story Drama. for how you came to horror. Well, please I talk used about to... your basement. I used to try to scare myself
2: <laughs> as much as I could.
4: When my parents would go out
2: sometimes uh, out on the town doing parents' things, I would go down into my basement or into my garage and turn off all the lights and sit there in the middle of the floor <laughs> and try to think of all the scariest things possible to see if I could out-scare myself Wow! and have to run and turn on the lights. So I was already boundary pushing in a weird way, like a real single child creep only that I was. And then luckily at some point we got a dog. <laughs> yeah. So I've always been really interested in um in pushing some of those ideas and boundaries and seeing what is the scariest kind of thing for me. Um so yeah. So horror movies is a great way to do that.
1: That's interesting that you talk, I hadn't actually heard about that in terms of uh, in terms of uh, anxiety and preparing yourself for worst case scenarios. I think maybe that is actually what got me out of horror. And now mm. I'm only sort of stepping back in is because when I, I, similarly, I don't have a like, you know, beginning thing like, like this was the movie that changed everything. It was like, you know, I think like you, uh, the weird guy from Maine uh, was the one who sort of opened the doors. And so Stephen King was for me, like reading Stephen King books and then going into adaptations and then that way oh. sort of. I'm so is- sorry.
2: I'm hundred percent that way too. That really? I started reading yeah. short stories by Stephen King. My yeah. the first things that I started reading when I was really, really reading was uh, *Skeleton Crew* yeah. and *Night Shift*. Yeah. And so, yeah, that makes sense that I started with the written word. I'm so sorry to hijack your words, but I want to. you no, that's have
1: talked about this offline. So I, I thought I yeah. thought we have a similarity in, exactly in terms right. of that. But I sort of got out of the horror game. When it got into, and I was working at the movie theaters, that was during like 2000, 2010 sort of period. That's when the Eli Rothness of it all came in. And then suddenly there was no final girl and the monsters were winning. And like, for me, Uh, I was like, oh, I don't want this. Like, I don't like, like it was, it was, it was a a weird time in the country and stuff too, but it was all of a sudden, everything was very nihilistic. And not that I necessarily need a happy ending on a horror movie, but I need the ending to justify what I've just gone through. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not here to just watch a college girl go through the worst 72 hours of her life and then die on screen. Right, because that's just know. exploitation. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and, and always, I mean, the same thing, I think like the, I mean, well, at some point, we're probably gonna talk about The Descent. I, I love the original ending of The Descent, and I don't like the director's version because I feel like, Mm. That the character earned the, the happy out. ending, or happy, sure. ending, quote unquote happy ending, as opposed to like, ha, no, <laughs> but, but but the story, it's it's in, in like in like a true romance kind of way, and, and like they they earned their way out of it. They went through some stuff and came out at the end of it, as opposed right. to Quentin's original version, which is that they all die. It was like, <laughs> but
2: but I didn't know that. But,
1: yeah, I didn't original know that was draft, the
3: original draft. original.
1: Yeah. It was like uh, I think, oh, no, it was uh, it was uh, Christian Slater's character um, Clarence dies Clarence, oh, like, he okay. dies in the final thing or whatever. And so, but uh, it was Tony Scott who went. Um, no, they they deserve a happy ending. Like they yeah. really have, they worked for it. <laughs> they they earned worked it. for yeah. it. They yeah. So that I have was all what, this sort of,
2: xylophone music to still use. <laughs> 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 Let's watch him play on a beach. <laughs> Hans Zimmer
1: got a brand new xylophone. Right, he's yeah, just made this. A, <laughs> All right so then let's let's go let's shift to you then Pete. Uh what what was it that that you you have come to horror sort of later? but what was it that sort of uh
4: got you in? It's interesting that you guys bring up the written word because I actually have had much less trouble reading uh you know horror books or horrific mm. things than watching them. When I was let's see the the year I think it was uh, was it 1979 when Salem's Lot came out which meant it came mm, yeah. out on uh probably Betamax in 1981, 82, somewhere in there. So I was a young person and dad brought it home and said, here, watch this. Let's watch this together. And then I uh, watched it and he said, I have to take a phone call and left uh, me alone (laughs) in the den and closed the door. And I'm sitting on my knees like poltergeist style about two feet from the television. And that's just about when, what is it? Ralphie is on the window saying, Danny, let me in, Danny. And that was the end. Mr. Blue in Salem's Lot. And I kind of remember that pivot it was like, I'm not going to watch these kinds of movies. I'm a kid and I'm kind of not going to do it. And of course, you get, going through the teen years, I, I definitely, you know, slumber parties and like mm-hmm. kids sure. get together and they put on movies in the background but mostly that's not what the, the it's not about watching the movies. So I I could say I missed a lot of the formative sort of horror. And then I probably because of my relationship with Tom Uh, And his love of horror movies, he started introducing me to maybe what I would call some more sophisticated stories in horror movies. And so like now I can say safely, one of my very favorite movies uh, is um, Midsommar. I just absolutely adore that movie and I adore right what it says and uh and so I've been really exploring more and more horror movies. And uh, I'm I'm excited to do this show because I feel like there are some huge holes that I've missed that I know you guys are going to introduce me to, especially Ray, mm-hmm. who has an encyclopedic knowledge of yeah. classic horror. And That's so right. I can't I, I'm really excited to start playing with with some of these. <laughs> He's holding up a book, but his he green screen does it. not allow <laughs> us to green see green it because it's a green book. book. <laughs> it's the invisible book. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that, that's more kind terrifying of so than
1: technology. I, uh,
4: <laughs> I would say that my that that my exploration really started a few like three years ago, four years ago, maybe, and I've I've been trying to amp up the things that I'm willing to see. And as a result, uh I think I'm I'm willing to see a lot more. I I feel like I'm I'm a little bit dead inside. <laughs> and I don't feel quite so strongly about the things that I'm seeing. So uh movies like uh Relic, uh of absolutely fantastic story ultimately about mothers and daughters that is a uh, horrifically uh, portrayed. Uh, and uh, so those kinds of movies I'm, I'm really, really interested in.
2: Notably not the relic. Which no, is about, that's, the that's it not is, the one.
4: Yeah. Terrible. I, and I have a particular subgenre of horror that I have not dabbled in. And we can talk about that in a minute. That's the one I bring to the table for this particular mm. show. So I'm excited about it.
1: All right, then uh, rounding out our quartet, uh, our our classic film buff. uh, Ray, tell us what uh, turned you on to the spooky stuff.
3: Well, I think.
2: (laughs) What if he talked like the Crypt Keeper the whole time? None of us talked about it. (laughs) Well,
3: Well, boys are cool. Well. I think when I was a little kid, I must've had one of those faces where when you see it, you just want to scar that kid for life because what? When, <laughs> when I I swear when I was a little kid, everybody was out to get me. Uh, there are these uh, two preteens that my mom would babysit from time to time. And whenever my mom was trying to get something done and she wasn't really paying that much attention they would force me to watch Jason Voorhees. Huh. I was four years old. They're there watching go. Friday the Thirteenth, the Final Chapter, and Jason is like slicing people up with corkscrews and stuff. and you know and then uh, my this I'll never forget. my grandmother thought it would be funny to show me a scary movie. She showed me the Tingler, which admittedly for <laughs> mm. somebody, yeah. you know, like it's not a, a scary movie to us now, but uh, when you're a little kid. There's one particular scene where there's a character who is a deaf mute. Uh, She's seeing these visions. It's a black and white movie, and she's seeing like this blood, which is actually in color. So in a black and white movie, there's this bathtub filling up with red blood, and it's like one of the creepiest things you'll ever see. Uh, That haunted me for a while. And Did
2: your grandma hook you up to an old school tingler like they had in the theater where she could zap <laughs> Yeah, you. right?
4: That, that was my awesome. first introduction to, like, what you could do in a theater with the yeah. stories of my mom and dad telling that's me, old. seeing yeah. it in the theater with right. Percepto, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That whole sense around every other seat would get zapped randomly. And uh, that was really – that's thrilling. That's really exciting.
3: Right. And so – I I grew up with those kind of movies. You know, when I was a little kid, I would watch those. And I spent a lot of time at my grandmother's house. And she had a lot of the old classic monster movies like Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. I remember I watched that a lot. Uh, It wasn't until I uh, was a teenager, though, that I really got into the genre whenever AMC started showing some of the Halloween sequels. And so, like, Mm -hmm. I discovered Halloween 5, which is, like, the worst Halloween movie ever, but that's what got me (laughs) uh, into the Michael Myers franchise, and it really just took off from there. I became a huge George Romero fan uh, when I was Mm -hmm. in high school, and I grew up in the same area that they shot all those movies. So, you know, my friends and I would go to the Monroeville Mall where they would shoot Dawn of the Dead, and we'd stand (laughs) in front of J.C. Penney, and we'd be like, "Uh, my old granddad was a... Witch doctor in Trinidad. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. And there's just people walking by, like, "What the hell are these kids doing?" <laughs> so that that's that's basically my story. You know, I I, I like a very wide variety of horror
1: that's a good pivot point then okay so then let's talk a little bit about sort of the, the sort of areas of horror that we're, we're, we're into um so uh well since ray's had the mic I'll, I'll pass it back over so tommy like what is what are the particular like types of horror movies that you, do? you, you can you can use specific examples if you want to or you can just talk about sort of more general themes and ideas
2: i'm first of all i'm very excited to do this with all of you and in particular ray because i don't have much of a background in classic i'm not a classicist yeah. movie person uh for a while i remember thinking that uh what's it citizen kane wasn't the best movie ever made it's just the first movie ever made. Like I, was very, <laughs> I was very against like old equals good but i want to learn more about that stuff so that's exciting um yeah i am definitely into psychological horror Not as much Mm. monsters, not as much slashers, although there are great examples for each of those Mm. in stuff, but uh, looks into the unknown, sometimes cosmic horror, things like that. Um, One of the things that I have always been a little low-key obsessed with is uh, hell, the afterlife, Mm -hmm. and the idea of visions of hell in literature and film. Um, And so that's the kind of stuff, like the looking beyond the, black curtain the velvet rope the red curtain and david lynch stuff the idea of just on the other side of us is stuff that is really hard to understand and to get like little tantalizing glimpses of that is always uh very fascinating that and the idea of madness (laughs) madness (laughs) is the worst is that a good answer i don't know that's that's good that's that's awesome i love i love ghosts i love haunted houses things like Mm. that things that break the norms of society
1: Okay. Okay. All right. So then uh, let's go over to Pete then. So, what are the things that, uh, the horror types that, uh, that, that well, you enjoy?
4: Um, I, I enjoy the, uh, I enjoy the the fun of uh, B and C level monster movies. Okay. I, we were talking before we started. I I just watched Dino Shark, which was extraordinarily <laughs> bad, and I still I don't think that's loved B or C. All <laughs> <And, laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, the uh, so I I like the psychological stuff. I I used to think that I didn't care so much for paranormal stuff, but there are some really good paranormal movies, and that sort of leads into the area that I just don't watch, but am kind of using this as this show is therapy. I, I, uh, my earliest memory of this particular nightmare was actually reading the book Red Dragon, Mm. which Mm. consists of the Bad guy sitting in the trees, looking into a family's window, and eventually goes in and does some horrible things to them. So, stalker slash home invasion horror mm. is a real trouble spot for me. That gives me some peak anxiety, and so I have a list. I've been asking around. I have a list of some movies that sort of did it, did the, the that I've seen little bits of, but not the whole thing that I want to kind of force myself through with the aid of your your able counsel. And uh, uh, okay. so I'm excited so to talk about that. I have something that triggers them. you, but yeah. you're so, but, yeah so but you're
1: you're sort of i'm excited to, to move
4: through it yeah It so, look though, like so that genre movies. will be your sitting yeah. in
1: the basement that's it right that's thing.
4: my sitting okay. in the basement that's it's exactly right therapy that's we another have a new thing. thing yeah yep.
1: All, right. yep all right all right so that's uh, so then uh ray we as we as previously discussed <laughs> we know that you love the black and white all uh, right so what, what is it about that and then and, and then what else Uh, is there in your particular spheres. Sure.
3: I mean, I I love the old horror movies going all the way back to like 1910 to whenever Thomas Edison produced the first Frankenstein short film. I mean, there's just so much to it's kind of like discovering your ancestry in a way. Then this is the ancestry of horror. You're looking back at where what we love now has come from. You know what I mean? And so like, oh, dude, I didn't realize that what we find so great in this modern movie actually was inspired by this really cool thing in like Nosferatu or the cabinet of Dr. Caligari or Mm -hmm. something like that. So that's what I really like about those movies. It's very not very often that I'll get frightened by something Mm -hmm. that old by anything, really. I mean, but it's actually a quote that sticks with me is something I heard from Bram Stoker in a DVD extra. <laughs> and it's, uh, the, des- something along the lines of the desire to be frightened is almost as universal as the desire to be loved. And Ooh. when Ooh. he said that, that always stuck with me because like, that's true to an extent, even people that don't like, like scary movies per se, like they'll seek out, uh, thrills in some other way, like roller coasters or what have you, right? this, this is our thrill, mm-hmm. you know, our excitement, our joy. I liked it. it made it sound like Bram Stoker recorded a DVD extra.
4: <laughs> I know, like, no, no. that's what I hear
3: When he was looping.
1: Just click on the menu into <laughs> the list of chapters.
3: Now, the, I actually think it was, he was interviewed for, uh behind the scenes thing on Halloween they were talking to different filmmakers about the legacy of John Carpenter's Halloween mm. Mm. and he, i think mm. that was where i got that from but he was That's one of the good. people interviewed
1: uh so for for me it sort of crystallized when i was listening to the Dana Gould hour so Dana Gould is a, a podcast his, his he has he has a very very uh, podcast that I, I absolutely love and he has his own particular obsessions that he talks about too and he said it was was it became clear to him later that he when people talk about horror movies, it's like, oh, I don't like horror movies. I like monster movies. And that was I'm like, oh, that what like, clicked yeah. mm-hmm. for me. That's what it is for me. So I like a monster. So I need I, like, and that comes with all the supernatural stuff. So I like, I mean, whether it be vampire or werewolf or, you know, full on creature or alien or whatever it is. I like people versus, I guess people versus nature, I guess, when you get right down to it. But basically something other, something, a monster, a creature. I like that much more than a guy with a knife. Sure. Like zero sure, yeah. like, killer movies. Eh. And like, there's like, there's the, the, the best ones. Yeah, I really like those too. But when you like, get down, like, I don't really just want to see a guy do like, like the same thing with the home invasion stuff. I don't really watch any of those because I'm just like, yeah, if it can happen in the real world, I don't really care like well, well that's can,
4: the I, interesting <laughs> thing though Kyle. Like, you know that, it, it,
1: like i'm talking about in terms of what we like i'm not, well, I'm not judging it's not anybody what we
4: like i don't like it because it gives me real world anxiety and i right. feel like that's the boundary pushing part that's the sitting in the basement part like yeah. if it can happen in real life and they do it well on screen that's true terror for me i mm. don't have any real fear beyond the the imminent jump scares in alien and aliens like those movies i love those movies so much but when they're over i don't bring them home do you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, very much so.
1: And the, yeah, but in the same way I I just I, I don't have any particular interest in watching something that could actually happen because it could actually happen. So like <laughs> I would rather I'd rather something that's a more extreme or you know and then also to see I guess the human resilience in terms of like how do you face this thing? How do you stop this killer robot? How do you stop this blob, whatever it is that that sort of come together? And once again, I don't that that if the monsters win, okay. Like I like mm-hmm. that that like the like that that's where my hypocrisy stands like i I'm not looking for <laughs> like that like you mankind standing triumphant with the flag in the monster's skull, like no mm-hmm. sometimes the the monsters can win because if they didn't you know do things right or were selfish or didn't pull together or whatever it is, but I would much rather go for that, and then um other one is um. As I've seen all Halloween and Nightmare on Street and all that kind of stuff, all Uh like all of those uh, from from when they're they're sort of in their prime. But it wasn't until like the mystery science theater of it all where a friend of mine was like, but have you seen a terrible, terrible (laughs) horror movie where I was like, no. And he sat me down to maybe watch the stuff. And so from that, (laughs) I got a real taste for like, I just love big (laughs) ideas and no money. Like when people are just yeah. like, like, we really want to do this. We are not prepared for it. We have no money for it, but by God, we're going to do it. So I love a Blair Witch. I love anything where yeah. it's just people trying hard to do something <laughs> low budget and, and spooky. And, and it's sometimes it's outside their level of talent. Uh, uh, and so, so that, I, but it's, a, that's also another weird sort of crosshair because like when you get to like your, your shark gator or whatever kind of stuff when they're intentionally bad, you know, that kind of like, that turns yeah. me off too. You know, it, it, the, when they're just like, well, I don't know, we got like $10 million from Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, crab plus squid. Crab squid. Yeah. There you go. Where are we are going to make that movie? I kind of go, it <laughs> seems so cynical, you know? Yeah. All right. Right. Yogurt like the,
2: gator. Yeah. Right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, like, good, good, good. just like two things. I mean, uh, like once again, I, I'm not yucking anybody's yum. If that's you enjoy, great. It's just like, that doesn't really do a lot for me because it just seems like, it's just the straight up it's it's the beach movie formula like what do people like they like this they like that and they like b level or c level uh actors and actresses getting killed by those things great (laughs) here's yeah go make that movie We can't "Mm."
2: really make kitsch or cult on purpose
1: yes exactly and you can see through it it all where it's like yeah "Mm, this seems corporate to me like but you know what's so
4: funny about it is that sharknado like the first one actually had some laughs to it like genuine Mm. fun and the rest of them were fit the rest of that bill right yeah Mm. another interesting bit that that it was actually nick langdon in our community who got me on to uh soviet science fiction films Ooh, okay. that was a fascinating thing fascinating wow. thing because it it tol- tells bonker yeah. stories uh and it does it in a way that i would never expect and it is culturally and ide- ideologically frozen right because right. so much has changed yeah. in in soviet now russian filmmaking so that's another area i think i might be interested in exploring and i've got a couple of films on my list that are foreign films but not any of the like the the sort of cultural throwback movies the like mm-hmm. sort of mid-level 60s 70s 80s from other cultures making movies that might be another fun area i think i only am now remembering i think i would like that let's look at like yeah. soviet horror what are the what was soviet era you know uh, scared of like, and how now, did that it was, manifest on screen? I, think that's I was reading an
1: happens. article about um, apocalyptic stories and how like mm-hmm. you can sort of trace a, a culture by what their apocalypses are. So like you know, from, mm, the, from yeah. the 80s, it was the nuclear disaster of the day after and this and, sure. and, and Mad Max Road Warrior yeah. versus Mad Max Fury Road, which are telling very different stories. Right. Yeah. And, and, they, and they were talking about, yes, but like all of those are from a Western perspective because all of those are about this is what we've lost. But when you find filmmakers from places, that, from the diaspora kind of thing, when like from, you know, uh, cultures like that have been controlled by other more powerful steamrolling yeah. kind of cultures, those apocalypse stories are very different because yes. it's hmm. aspirational. It's what can, like the the rules have changed. What can we gain? Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's oh, interesting. Yeah, when I'm, when I'm, the I'm world interested ends, finding, that's a new beginning. Yeah. I'm so I'm yeah. interested like the difference between Shaun of the dead and Juan of the dead. Yeah. Like it, it, you know, <laughs> exactly. it's, I'm so you know, interested in like, that's, a, that's an idea that has like sparked in my brain. I'm like, <laughs> I want to find horror movies that are like that way that from like, you're talking about from other cultures, different perspectives, as opposed to it's a normal suburban day, then what? Because <laughs> You know, like something's wrong with that boy, that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so yeah, like you said, that I hadn't even I not even heard of any Russian horror movie kind of stuff. So that's that's fascinating to me. Yeah. So that's that's interesting to me is is finding that kind of stuff
4: where I stuff like I hadn't even considered that existing. They're not easy to find, but right. then suddenly they're all on YouTube all at once. So <laughs> <laughs> Praise to the uploaders. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: Did you guys know in the Soviet Union? A science fiction watches you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, you stuff, know,
1: smeared off jokes? I saw it coming down the road, <laughs> and I couldn't make it out, and then yeah, there it right. was. So, hey, wow. You know,
4: it, you, you, speaking of yucking someone else's yum, I do yeah. think that's an interesting point, particularly in the in the guise of horror. And I, I, again, want to toss to Tom because we had this conversation. We've had an ongoing conversation, I think, from one of our uh, late Saturday matinees. Mm. Maybe you were on it, Kyle. When Tom brought the trailer Skinnamarink. Oh, Yeah and we have now at least tom has now seen it and i i i thought tommy i thought your your description of it was was really great as an example of man this movie's not for everybody <laughs> and what impact it made of you mm.
2: yeah it's uh, the reviews are uh, pretty much across the board are this movie is incredibly terrifying or is this a prank because this is the most boring movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and there's really no in between. For me, it's the most scared I've been in a theater in the last 10 years. It struck wow. every kind of, and there's, and nothing happens, but it is just, I mean, it can be a hell vision. It it's can like be atmosphere. All sorts. of. Yes. And I, I had to apologize to the person in front of me because during one of the "Quote unquote jump scares." I kicked the seat in front of me, like, (laughs) and he turned around and he because he yelled too because I kicked his. I was his personal tingler. Tingler. Like, did you see that? (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. So I mean, that's and and so many other people are like, literally, like, is this just a cultural joke? Right, because it's just so slow. Like for the first twenty minutes. Um, I was like, oh, okay, well, this is just a complete failed experiment. And then when Kaylee goes upstairs and is asked to look under the bed, I realized, oh, I am completely in this movie's hands. Uh, and then at one point, as I told Pete, and then I'll wrap it up because it's not good to talk about things that other people haven't seen that much. But um, <laughs> the level that I was enraptured by the movie and wanted to stay had been matched by wanting to leave wow and nothing happens there's no gore i mean it's children in peril but it's not like there's things running around after them but i was in genuinely upsetting and thrilling and i haven't been able to stop thinking about it since so yeah so yeah that's a good that is a good example of how what also that's a good example of what we bring what mm-hmm. you bring yourself to movies, because clearly for reasons that I won't go into right now, it is a horror movie tailor made for me <laughs> based on my right. own nonsense.
4: Um, and so, yeah, it was it was thrilling. It's also remarkably the movie that I like hearing Tom talk about it that way and knowing mm-hmm. what scares him and what doesn't. I don't want to see that movie. Right. <laughs> I'm just not into that. Right? Uh, probably fits well in the pushing boundaries kind of exposure therapy category.
2: For those that haven't heard of it, it was a movie that cost fifteen thousand dollars to make. It was found at a film festival. It was bought by Shudder and they teamed up with someone else, and they released it in theaters. It has made over two million dollars, and now it is streaming on Shutter right now.
1: Yeah, that's a, interesting to talk about. Um, uh, yeah, it means talk about uh, as we as we develop along it, to to talk about the difference of um, budget because like there are a lot of really expensive horror movies that do not work at all mm-hmm. and a lot of really cheap ones that do yeah so it's it yeah it's it, see it's, it's, it's like throwing money at a horror movie does not necessarily mean it's going to be scary it just right. usually means right. that yeah. there's going to be more cg things coming at you so yeah so and yeah, so i guess it's, uh, as, as this is developing so we all had a bunch of different ideas about what we wanted to talk about stuff too so rather than having a a sort of um typical sort of next reel sort of like and each week we pick a movie there's a bunch of different areas that we wanted to go into it so this will kind of be a i don't know a uh A train car full of like. There's going to be different uh, things we're going to be talking about because each of us are are sort of going to be leading discussions in little mini episodes about that with various combinations of the rest of us, and sometimes just even solo if we just want to just do a straight up monologue about you need to watch this (laughs) this movie. Um, and so so like uh, let's let's talk a little bit about sort of what some of the things you you are thinking of in terms of uh, nothing formal. You don't have to you have to you have to name your your individual shows, but like uh, talk a little bit about so what some of the areas you you want to uh, focus on and you want to do so pete yeah i know you had over well, the list you were because you I were do. more prepared than the rest of us
4: i do so, have a i have a list i, what you got? I have so a tell list us about some been... of the
1: things you want to talk about
4: yeah in, in um, future episodes. I, these are movies that it, in some cases i haven't seen uh all of them i haven't seen i haven't seen i can say confidently i've seen none of them one of them i've seen parts of and sort of turned me off on the entire uh sub-genre of invasion horror uh, first one comes highly rated. That that uh, is uh, Marcus Dunstan's 2009, The Collector, uh, oh, yeah. which which seems like an interesting film, and I think that one, um, it, 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 I think that one fits the bill for me. Something I might like because it ends up being two bad guys against each other. <laughs> so <laughs> right. I'm okay. I'm kind of okay with that. Like I could do that. Oh, uh, it's the X versus Sever of it, it, horror movies, yes, right? <laughs> right. Uh, when we go back to some uh, like classics of the genre, I think. Um, 1979's When a Stranger Calls, uh, Fred Walton, uh, starring uh, Carol Kane and Charles Durning, uh, is one I haven't seen. Again, comes extraordinarily highly recommended in terms of tormenting the babysitter horror. And, uh, I, and so I'm excited to kind of put that on the list as, uh, you know, black and white scares. Um, another one. This That's is an the interesting one movie seen.
2: because anyone only talks about the first half
4: yeah i (laughs) like that'll be interesting like
2: the first half goes and then the movie continues and (laughs) and i think everyone
4: turns it off (laughs) is the second half particularly just boring or predictable yeah i mean the first
2: half is the the call is coming from thing. it's a house right
4: yeah okay um the other one that uh is this was a rough one but and i haven't made it through it because and so i feel like i've seen just enough of it to be terrified and not get the joke And that is Michael Haneke's 1997 Funny Games. Oh, oh, yep. Rough, Uh, rough, rough, a lot of fourth wall breaking. uh, And I I feel like the relationship that that film builds with the audience is terrifying. And uh, I don't I don't like it. That's one that sort of defines exposure therapy for me. Um, Another one I haven't seen uh, at all is a French film called Them. Uh, two people live in an isolated country house one day they wake up to a strange noise they're not alone a group of hooded assailants terrorize them throughout the night comes Ooh. highly recommended uh the next one is inside this one is one of the most interesting stories of intimate horror four months after the death of her husband a woman on the brink of brink of motherhood is tormented in her home by a strange woman who wants her baby Ooh. uh that's another french film inside 2007 okay is uh i've got I've just a couple more That's not funny. Uh, Last House on the Left, uh, Wes Craven's Last House on the Left, 1972. Rough. Uh, rough. What I hear is there is a rough sequence of violence uh, right in the beginning, but the rest of it is kind of a predictable bit of uh, revenge uh, Mm -hmm. horror. So um, there's that. Uh, Kidnapped. Anybody seen Kidnapped? Uh, 2010. Mm. Uh, In terms of experimental... Uh, film it's uh three hooded eastern european criminals burst into a home in madrid gated community holding the family hostage in its own home and forcing the father to empty his credit cards but what's interesting about it is it's an entire movie an 84 minute movie made of 12 shots wow oh, nice. i am in i am intrigued by that movie so that's yeah. one that i feel like might end up high on the list and finally um i think this one uh, I, I think this one, I know at least one person who will join me to talk about this movie. Story of a deaf and mute writer who retreated into the woods to live a solitary life, must fight for her life in silence when a masked killer appears at her window. That's Mike Flanagan's Hush mm-hmm. in 2016. So <laughs> that's my list, I feel like, of movies that that could potentially push uh, push me into some new areas. I think they're, it, it's a mix of intriguing, uh, experimental, uh, and really sort of uncomfortable boundary pushing uh, across the last three or four decades. That's a great list.
1: Right. I'm going I'm to go to Tommy next because I know Ray also has a list and I think Tommy does not have a list. I don't, do I?
2: And I wanted Somebody, to point yeah, out that yeah, not
1: basically tell me some of the areas like what are you you're yeah, interested in. Yeah, because also
2: I, uh, we wanted to say that not every episode is just going to be about one movie. It can be right. about an idea sure. of horror. Yep, one yep. of the things that I want to talk about uh, at one point is the difference uh, between horror and terror. That those two things get lumped together a lot, and there's very—I feel that there's very blurred but distinct lines um, between the two and how that goes. Um, I would—I would like to talk about hell in movies (laughs) and the difference, the different kinds of ways that hell can exist. Another thing I wanted to talk about uh, was monster theory. Um, One of the things that I think works the best in horror is liminality. It's the idea of uh, what, the, in monster theory, it's called one of the monsters is a harbinger of categorical crisis. Mm-hmm. And another word oh. to say is liminality, the idea of that we believe we have these codes and our building blocks of what things are. And yeah. things that blur those can be uh, very subconsciously, in, in addition to consciously scary, one of the best versions of that that I want to go over is the alien in Alien. That the amount of um uh, gender yeah. things that goes into it blends machine it blends um uh monster it blends animal it blends it messes up the entire male versus female thing uh one of the biggest you know enemies in the entire thing is called mother. Uh, mm-hmm. which is the robot ship. And so just little things like that of ways. To I, really... I,
1: I hear the sound of H.R. Geiger mm-hmm. scr- scratching at his coffin, <laughs> yes. wanting to be on that episode. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, that weirdo. Yeah, so those kind of things. I, I promise it won't be boring, but it will be a little academic at times or just trying to figure out, you know, some of the things of what, oh, I also want to talk about the history of the Book of the Vampire, one of the most uh, oldest and most used, Tropes in horror movies, and Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll be taking a page out of Ray's book, tracking it all the way back to the first time. We don't call it the Book of the Vampire anymore, but that's what it is. The Um, end.
1: Yeah, I say, and you're not you're not typically a vampire
2: fan. No, I'm not. It's and it doesn't have to do with vampire. You'll see. Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was. I was just uh, just, uh, before I get to Ray. uh, I was just watching. Um, uh, the comedian was talking about. Um all the different uh, genres and sort of what they represent and that how like vampires are about youth. Like it's about staying young Mm -hmm. forever Mm -hmm. and like uh, werewolves are a metaphor for alcoholism. Oh God, what did I do last night? You know, you wake up and you lost control. Uh, So yeah. And then, and then zombies can become anything. (laughs) Like like, whatever you're afraid of. What do you want to say? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, is it the lower class rising up to take over? Uh, Is it, you know, being outnumbered by people who are different than you? Like, The zombies can be so malleable uh, in terms of what you want them to be
4: i would i want to i just want to say just in terms of background i am deep in the bag for zombies zombies (laughs) are my very very favorite of all the monsters yeah uh and so anyone who brings zombies count me in big fan
1: all right so yeah then Ray, you you're getting along list. So you don't have to go down all the list of all the things you want to do but uh, you know give us a a couple things that are you're excited to talk about
3: Well real quick I think we sh- since Tommy mentioned you know gender roles in horror hmm. movies I think we should plug real quick that listeners you should listen to the new episodes of the next reel where they talk about the slumber party massacre uh,
4: hmm. Yeah that's but, been a fun exploration of decreasingly quality films
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> But um I, I mean i feel like a broken record here but uh i, I i'd love to be able to talk about silent movies uh, i particularly uh-huh. love oh yes from the uh german expressionist period uh, movies like uh, the cabinet of dr caligari yes. the golem uh nosferatu mm-hmm. which is generally considered to be one of the best silent films ever um Tommy wanted to talk about like hell and witchcraft. One great silent movie from Sweden that's really great is Haxon, which talks oh. about uh, witchcraft through the ages. But um, uh, the movies of producer Val Luton, like Cat People, The Body Snatcher, uh, that came out in the 40s, uh, late 30s, mm-hmm. 40s. Uh, those would be great movies to talk about. Uh, Pete wanted to talk about zombies. I think it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to talk about, like, if you look at horror, there are kind of two versions of the zombie. There's the zombie that we know that, like, eats flesh or, in some instances, brains. And, you know, they. that's what was introduced in Night of the Living Dead in 1968. But then before that, zombies in film were a result of voodoo and they were much differently portrayed <laughs> mm-hmm. in movies like white zombie. And I walked with a zombie and uh hammer had a movie called the plague of the zombies, things like that. Uh It'd be really interesting just to check that out and see the progression of z- zombie horror. But uh, those are just a couple of ideas. Absolutely
4: in the bag for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, so for the, uh,
1: then for me, uh, I, I, we talked about uh, creature features. I want to talk about monsters. I want to talk about like uh, sort of monsters from the monsters' perspective, like to sort of look at, uh, you know, even the relic, like from like what what is what is its goal? What is it trying to do? What is it doing? sort of take like a. Have it you know, like as is the main character, let's do a character study on whatever the creature is that's trying to to do this because some of them are very clearly defined and some yeah. of them are really not uh so it's yeah. interesting to look for that um I'm interested in um uh remakes like to basically like that oh. somebody did a really effective you know low budget like, leaving last house and left like actually what made me think of it um and then then another filmmaker comes along with a huge budget and stars and does it again, and it doesn't work uh yeah, mm-hmm. it's like i'm interested in that i the, looking at that and some and some do i'm not it's not always it's always bad but uh, even when a stranger calls they did a remake of that like to try and see yeah. when someone goes back to the exact same story and tells it again in a modern setting with them uh, you know in like even even uh what rear window in disturbia like i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> to take the exact same thing and do it again in a, in a quote unquote modern setting, with and 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 sort of look at those and, and does it work and does it to sort of compare and contrast.
3: Just a warning: if you ever talk about the remake of Psycho, you might have to put an explicit warning on that episode because I will <laughs> I will go off like like coming unhinged just thinking about it.
4: <laughs> the Gus Van Sant of it all. Well, which interesting about that. Just since since Ray already brought it up, the yeah. Slumber Party Massacre uh, remake in 2021, which was compared to the original a level up bananas effort to swing so 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 big uh and do something that's really different and does it always succeed no but is it absolutely worth thinking about yes yes it is
1: i'm interested in also then uh where genres cross over so like there are a lot of things where it's horror plus whatever so like ghostbusters kind of is like horror plus comedy i don't i don't people talking a lot about ghostbusters i wouldn't use that as an example but the just the idea of them crossing over so like i, I recently watched i uh, re-watched uh, constantine uh mm, which is I horror love comic that movie. book kind of thing and it, mm-hmm. it works like i'm yeah. actually i was really surprised that it, in, the, in the modern day to watch it again and go oh wow so much of this movie really really works yeah um and so like the and sort of when they've combined horror with other things and when it works and when it doesn't uh, to, to sort of, uh, you know, uh, to talk about that a little bit as opposed to, like, basically to set it in there to have the the slash.
4: Mm-hmm. Horror, mm-hmm. slash horror slash. Slash, yeah. Le- the Cabin in the Woods, of course. Yeah, That's exactly. Handily. Yeah. handily, yeah. Yeah, handily in cabin in the Woods way.
1: one of the rare movies that makes other movies better when you yeah. watch it.
4: Right. <laughs> There's <laughs> a sure.
1: great
3: bunch of movies that blend horror and comedy. It, it'd be interesting to go back and take a look at, you know, which, which ones pioneered that.
1: Oh, yeah, to go go back to the Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting.
4: Well, I'll tell you what, I am uh, i am very excited about the the prospect of this show. We, we, As you can see, we have a lot we want to talk about. And as Kyle said, it's not going to be one single series that comes out regularly every week, every other week. We're going to explore multiple different sort of sub-series within whatever the show turns out to be. And it will be some combination of us. And we're going to just work together to explore horror. And, and hopefully, if not a way that's new to you, it's certainly going to be a way that's new to us, at least some of us and maybe that's what it's called new to us
0: <laughs> not to
4: you <laughs> uh and uh shows will start coming out uh i'm gonna go ahead and plant a flag uh shows will start coming out in the next month what do you think we could do that we can oh, commit yeah. to that yeah let's do it yeah and uh, then
1: and then i think periodically i think that the four of us will then come back together to sort of yeah. talk about something a larger idea or a, if uh, you know, a an atomic
4: bomb drops on the horror genre of something huge yes. that like
1: has to be d- discussed.
4: Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, uh, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, guy. This was actually Kyle's pitch, but he has construction going on at his house, so he can't talk right now. Would <laughs> <laughs> <That's delicious. laughs> you know, stop awesome. <laughs> uh So, uh, thanks, uh, Kyle, for your idea, Kyle Olson and Tommy, the handsomest of the Metses, and uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, look, it's Ray of the Delancey Rays. Uh, thank you guys so much. This is going to be a great series. I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you next time on whatever the show ends up being called. Andy, according to my friend internet, this is what Letterboxd is.